Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. I have been studying people in the Bible who have lost a child. And one of the stories in the Bible, history stories that I started to study out, was David and Bathsheba. Bathsheba was pregnant, and it was all based on King David having her husband Uriah murdered. And that baby died. And I was reading in the scripture where it records that. And Nathan, the prophet, comes to David, and they go through the situation, you know, Nathan, through the Lord, telling him that he needs to repent about what happened. And David says, I've sinned against the Lord. And Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You're not going to die. But because by doing this, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. And after Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had born to David, and he became ill. And this is found in 2 Samuel chapter 12. And so it has started Dave and I on a conversation and a hunt through scripture because When Job says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord, Dave shares with people how the Lord showed him that that was Job's view of things. That wasn't necessarily God's view of things. Yeah. And Dave's here with me. (laughs) So like I said, we started studying this out and I thought, you know what, I just want to turn on the microphone and I want to include you guys in on our conversation because... This is something we all struggle with after the death of our child. How can God be this cruel? How can God kill my child? And and we really... Or God's punishing me. God, Yeah, all kinds of things. And we all know God could have stopped it. Why did he allow it? And, you know, we have thought God doesn't do that. He's not evil. And yet here you have the scripture. I don't care what translation you read. God struck this child because of what David did. And so, Dave, you were looking up scriptures on what are some of these things that you've read. Let's just start talking some of this out. Well, like you said earlier, that we often in the church use that scripture in Job. The The Lord Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And we even sing a song about that. When I've looked at that and studied that, it definitely shows the heart of Job, which is a heart we all should have, that no matter what happens, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to praise him. But that attribute God gives and he takes away was not God describing himself that way. That was Job describing God through the eyes of his relationship with God at the time, which was a very religious viewpoint, just like his comforters and friends had that same. If you're good and you do the right things, God will treat you well. If you're bad, he'll whack you. (laughs) And yet some of that is based on Deuteronomy 28, the mountain of cursing and the mountain of blessing. So that's where some of that comes from. I mean, it seems like some of it comes from God himself. (laughs) If you do what's right, you'll be blessed. And if you don't, Mm -hmm. these are the curses that are going to happen. Well, and that's, there are ramifications of our choices and natural consequences. 
And I think that's what God's referring to in those cases. Right, but what about yeah. this? This is, well, you know, coming we'll, back we'll to this. get to that, but <laughs> just to jump into that is kind of rough, I think, because obviously that puts a little branch in the whole concept of what we've been talking about. Exactly, yeah. But I think it's important to refer to what we've been talking about and what we feel before jumping into the wrench. <laughs> Okay, so. Well, you know, there's that scripture in Exodus. It says, God's a jealous God, and he'll punish the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation for those who hate me, but show love to a thousand generations to those who love me and keep my commandments. Now, in that particular case, it's referring to people that truly hate God and refuse to follow him. And I think sometimes when you hear that scripture quoted, that part's left out. It's like, well, God says he'll visit the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. And we're good at picking out the negative side because how often do we hear the other side of that, which says he'll show love and blessing to a thousand generations. (laughs) Right, right. I I remember several years ago, a sidetrack here, we're so good at breaking generational curses, but a lot of times we don't think about pulling on the generational blessings. That's true. And uh, in Deuteronomy, we talk about this from, well, that's all Old Testament or not. Well, here in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy, fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor children put to death for their fathers. Each is to die for their own sin. So there's a scripture in the law that says it's individualized. He's not going to punish. But but is that, is God saying that about himself or is he giving that as instruction to man? I believe that's part of the the law. Yeah. Instruction. Okay, so he's he. Mm-hmm. It's not. Oh, okay. So you're saying instruction. It's not God saying. I think it's a societal law in in there. Okay, so it's kind of like fully studying this. I mean, right. But that's the it, other thing is for everybody to understand. We're just spitballing a little bit here. We're not yeah, trying to be theological. We're, having, we're just or having the conversation out loud that goes on in so many of our heads, and we finally just decided. We just ended up digging into it, <laughs> and I said, let's turn on the microphone. So, well, in Ezekiel, it says, a soul who sins is the one who will die. The son will not share the guilt of the father, nor will the father share the guilt of the son. It's contradicting the, the scripture that we're seeing here with David. No matter what version we come up with, it seems like it mm-hmm. says God struck it. the child yes. with an illness. And it just seems so uncharacteristic of who God is. Mm-hmm. We all have a tendency to look at God of the Old Testament and see the God the Father is the one who's ready to judge just with a baseball bat, whack you over the head every time you mess up. And it's Jesus is the merciful one. And God now sees us through the blood of Jesus. So our sins are hidden from him, so to speak. But that philosophy then makes God the Father always look like a vindictive, revengeful, and hit somebody over the head, which I've come to learn that that's not who God the Father is. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and I and the Father are one. The love and mercy that Jesus showed is the very heart of the Father. So this particular scripture seems a little contradictory to that viewpoint. So we're trying to figure this out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it may be one of those things that we'll never figure out and, and have to just chalk it up to, you know, there's things about God that I don't know, and, and I pray he reveals his love to us. 
one of the things I thought about when Nathan brought this news to David and that his son was going to die and so God struck the child, there's a couple thoughts I, I have here. One of them is talking about the punishment. Is it is death a punishment? I mean, when you look from the eyes of a baby, and, okay, we don't know what the illness was. We don't know how sick that child was before he died. And I think it says seven, yes, on the seventh day the child died. So we see that as, but God did punish the child for the sins of the father. But that's from our viewpoint. I mean, how do we know what that child's life was going to be how do we I mean it that child went from seven days here on earth through a, an illness whatever that illness was into the presence of God forever I mean is that really a punishment when you right. think yeah. about it being in the presence of God forever I, I mean that that yeah. blows my mind right there to think we see death as a horrible thing but that's because we see it through our eyes of loss and God even says somewhere in the Psalms that I mean, we know to be absent in bodies, to be present with the Lord, but that whole, he sees it as precious. Yeah, precious. Precious in 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 the the eyes of the Lord Lord is the death death of one of the saints. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that we see death as a horrible thing, but it's based on the pain of our loss, which we know our kids is, is horrible because it's, it just, it seems so wrong to bury your child. As a Christian, we're supposed to, you know, to live as Christ, to die as gain. We're supposed to see death as a, as a gain. promotion. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but you're right. It's the pain of those left behind that taint it that way. Or as a parent, it's horrible to watch your child suffer yes. with sickness. Yeah, we don't with that. You know, in in Rebecca with the cancer, even with her heart issues at the end, it was hard to to watch her have to go through all that mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, it was amazing watching the way she went through it. You know, her her attitude was incredible. But so that that's an interesting thought that we see it. You know, I mean, our thought was that then God lied because He did punish this baby because of David's sin, his father's sin. But that's based on what we consider a punishment. Death being a punishment, and it wasn't yeah. a punishment. A punishment. I don't. Boy, I mean that that gets interesting because a punishment is. There's a difference between discipline and punishment. Well, I'm I'm sure too that was that was definitely painful for David to go through. Well, he fasted and, and prayed and, and wept and cried and. Yep, and it, and it was gut wrenching for him. And part of it was because he recognized this child was suffering because, because of what, of what I did. He did yeah. So in that sense. Yep. So the, the, we're back into this circle again of, <laughs> of this punishment. God doesn't punish, but or but he does. But David didn't hate God. Well, so much of that punishment, quote unquote, is more our perspective from the standpoint that it's a cause and effect thing. Even if you go back to the scripture that says God will visit the sins of the father on the, the third and fourth generation. Mm-hmm to those that hate him that is based on the general cause and effect if if you raise your kids up and you hate god you're into idol worship or, or all sorts of yeah, yeah. all sorts of things that are ungodly then that's going to transfer to those generations unless 
they repent. So that's that's a natural cause. And, and for effect, some reason, right? it seems easier to pass evil down to your children than to pass good, because <laughs> right. evil's always at work in this world. Right. Evil's always pulling at us and deceiving death. us. I mean, that's sin, yeah. Since the fall, sin and death. That's the fallen nature I mean, of the that's, world we live in. That's and we're Satan's, all affected by it. Yeah, and that's Satan's almost like his specialty is, did God really say, is that really what he meant? I mean, it's so easy mm-hmm. to deceive us. I mean, that's kind of almost like the atmosphere we live in is being pulled on away from God. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what the other thing was. Uh, it's obviously, you know, and, and like I said in that scripture, that is not true for those that, you know, love God and have a heart for God. Well, the other thing is this was Old Testament. Yes. Where before. now we're New Testament and the punishment for our sins, Jesus took that. Mm-hmm. So especially in today's world, our children don't die as a punishment for something so we, we did. did. That's mm-hmm. that I think that would be impossible. If we've yeah. accepted Jesus and what he did, that means that the penalty for our sins he already took. Exactly. So it's impossible even our future ones. Yeah, so it's it, that makes it impossible for our child to die as a punishment for something we did because Jesus already already paid that. So that punishment's already been taken care of. But because we live in a fallen world, all of us, you know, the righteous and unrighteous, the rain mm-hmm. falls on both of us. Yeah. And because God gave all mankind a free will, we're all affected by everyone else's free will, and those bad decisions can affect us as well. And and, <laughs> and it brings me back to this baby. Okay, so this baby was affected by David's free will, but that's because God struck the baby with an illness. So that wasn't a natural consequence of a cause and effect. So now we're still back to know. that question of... You know, is it or not? <laughs> I, I know. You know, it... There's all sorts of things that, you know, Job lost his children from a natural wind disaster that was caused by Satan. But the verbiage or the the way we turn things, because of the fact that we know that God has the final say in, a, in allowing things, the term God struck him, I, I don't know, I, I struggle with that term. It's just so counter to everything I know about. God is love. I mean, it's Father, not that he just... Yeah. It's not that he gives love, or I mean, he is love itself. So how can a God who is love itself strike a child with illness as a... This is going to be the result of what you did. <laughs> which is punishment. It's like, here's another, what do you do with this? The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. That's why God put David on the throne in the first place because he said, basically told Israel, you put on the man you wanted for king, and now I'm going to put on the man that I want for king, and I'm choosing someone who is a man who is after my heart. And that was David. You have Job, who (laughs) the whole book of Job starts out talking about what a righteous man Job was. And he even offered sacrifices I think daily on behalf of his kids in case his kids sinned that their sins would be covered by the sacrifices needed. Both of these men had kids that died. Job's was, I mean Satan was in the throne room of all places and God said, have you seen my servant Job? How righteous he is? How much he loves me? 
And mm-hmm. Satan said, well, that's because you give him all this good stuff. That's because you won't let me touch him. And God said, okay, you can do whatever you want to him. You just can't take his life. And so all of his children were killed in one swoop. I, I mean, what do, you, what do you do with that? That God is love. And at that point, he allowed natural causes of a sinful world because essentially they died of a natural disaster a whirlwind, a whirlwind yeah. like a tornado or something which a lot of people have died well as of the taping of this podcast yeah. nashville was hit and there were right. deaths and Absolutely. children in that and they could be saved unsaved you know children yeah yeah but again from a perspective of eternity and we all know that we're we're all appointed once to die and of course from us it's difficult to see that our children were their numbered days were less than ours. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about, yeah, the whole, I guess it circles us back to, is our view of death. I mean, we don't get to watch them grow up. We don't get to watch them get married. We don't get to have grandchildren. Yeah. Or we don't get, you know, it's that whole thing, you're not supposed to bury your children. It's a view from our loss instead of their gain. Right. Yeah. So we continue to see death as a punishment, a bad thing, a horrible thing, almost like the worst thing that could ever happen to us is to die. And yet, is that really the case? Or is that the best thing that will ever happen to us is when we go to meet the Lord face to face and are on the other side of this eternity timeline, which there is no time, but I mean, we cross over and now we're in perfection with all these people that went ahead of us either all of these questions are going to be answered and they're going to make sense because now we can see things through God's lens of eternity or it's just not going to matter anymore does that come back to our perspective on death based on our limited view of what we can see and how it makes us feel. Obviously, it all also comes down to is death good or bad depending upon if you've received his free gift of salvation mm-hmm. and what he's done. And, and we, you know, like I, like I share when I speak and in some of my books and things I write and put out there, we don't have all the information. So, I mean, we, we can think that okay, they died and they didn't have a chance to receive the Lord or they didn't receive the Lord or whatever, but I totally believe that there's still a final moment they're given in those final seconds. I, I think because God Absolutely. is love that if they haven't in this lifetime, I believe they have a split second moment where they're given a last opportunity. And we all have a tendency to judge everybody else's life based on what we think or what we know yes and we don't know all the answers we don't know a person's heart it's like well if they were saved then they wouldn't have lived the way they lived well that's a judgment that we have no right to make right we can't see the heart i mean god makes that very clear man looks on the outside Mm -hmm. outward appearance and i know well i'm not judging the person i'm judging their fruit okay judge the fruit but when you talk about but that condemning them to heaven or hell that's, that's making not a judgment a, that's not, not our not call <laughs> that's not our call god sees the heart yeah. and we can we're all entangled in sin in this world there are sins that entangle all of us mm-hmm. our entire life sins that we struggle with like that scripture there he visits the sin upon other third and fourth generation of those that hate him 
you know, we can definitely see certain people that have chosen that they absolutely hate everything there is to do about God. But even in that circumstance, we don't know the real yes. motivations of their heart. Were they behaving or acting that way? It seems like it to us, but there could be a reason that they're putting on that. I, well, I, I think of, you know, love the sinner, not the sin. It's possible to hate what you see or you think God is doing I, I think it's sometimes like like when you feel like someone you love has betrayed you, it goes so deep because of the relationship and because of the love and whatever, mm-hmm. and you don't understand what happened. And so it's possible God's the only one. I mean, he's the one that can divide the soul from the spirit and all of that. But for someone to actually have say with the words and even have the feelings that they hate God, but it could be that God knows in their heart that it's not really that they hate him they think they do but in reality if you dig deep enough into the heart and you peel off enough layers they're very angry at what they believe he has done or caused in mm-hmm. their life and that goes very deep and basically what we're, what you're saying is it comes down to there's no way any of us can make that judgment on any other person no matter what we mm-hmm. see it their fruits are like mm-hmm. because the bottom line is only god knows the heart and, and we don't even know what's in our own hearts. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I see that the older I get, the, the more lot, I see the truth in that. Yeah. And there's a lot of us that put on a great front and look like we're just holier than anything. And that's and pride. And God, and it says God resists the proud. Exactly. So It's, that's, it's not oh, about the works or what we... <laughs> it's not about do. how pure it looks like we're living life. I still like what my dad used to always say. Oh, yeah. That, uh, the two most often asked questions in heaven are going to be, Where's so-and-so, and how did you get here? <laughs> yeah. I know, these are the type of questions that are very puzzling. Yeah, They're I mean, these are the questions that you just go round and round and round on because it seems like he contradicts himself. But I think the bottom line with that is those of you who may know who Wayne Jacobson is, he was a co-writer on the book The Shack and, and that was turned into a movie, and we've had the blessing of spending some time with Wayne here and there as he travels and one of the things that he says is that question when there's something that doesn't make sense about God or it looks like he's contradicting himself or whatever it is whether it's something in life that's happening something in the word that we're reading the bottom line question is God what is it about you that I don't understand because he is beyond understanding his ways are so much higher and greater than ours and his thoughts are beyond our thoughts and yeah these are the things that we can go round and round and round maybe it's my personality but I choose to believe whether what happens to me on this earth at this point no matter how horrific it is which includes the death of a child it includes a child with cancer who had her leg amputated. It includes things that have nothing to do with Becca that we have gone through as a family that have been traumatic things. I choose to believe that in the middle of it all, God's there. And he is love. And I choose to lean on him even in these painful things that don't make sense. And even when I read these scriptures that seem so contradictory like God struck this child there's no way around that in this scripture you can't excuse it well what it really should say or what it meant I don't care what translation you look at that's what this says 
So I have just found that life is better when I don't go through it mad at God for something I don't understand. Because things here, I need him. I need him to get me through it. I need him to reach through my darkness and pull me back into the light. I need him when I don't want to live anymore because it's so dark and things feel so hopeless. I need him to reach through that and be my hope and to resurrect me <laughs> to a place where I want to live again, which seems impossible after the death of your child, even if you have other children, much less if you don't, if you lost your only child or have lost all of your children. But God sees what we can't see and he knows what we don't know. He's so much bigger and there's something beyond this life. This isn't our home. This isn't permanent. This is something we're passing through. And compared to all of eternity, this is just a teeny tiny nanosecond, just a blip that we're in right now. But it's, it's real to us now because this is where we are. I know there are people that don't have that. They, they struggle with the feelings that God betrayed them and he's not being true to his word and, you know, he caused my child's death. And, and I guess I, I can't even say yes or no to that because of this scripture right here. I don't know. I don't know why Becca's days were numbered before ours were or why anyone listening, why their child's days were numbered before. But I, I choose to believe that God knows and any answer he gives me probably wouldn't make sense in my finite mind, in my pain. It's not going to make sense to my finite brain. Well, you know, the bottom line is we know God's character is love. We know he's good. And sometimes everything he, in us screams, but he's not good because mm -hmm. he did this to me. <laughs> right. Or he allowed it to happen. How is that good? But you look like back to that that particular scripture where it says the Lord struck the child and you compare that to the scripture that says the child will not be punished for the sins of the father or die for this for you know for the sins of the father it's a contradiction to us right there mm -hmm. but we know based on other scripture that God's <laughs> underlying character is his goodness and his love so even though we don't have right now the understanding or the knowledge of what that means that God struck the child I still have to choose to believe all the other scriptures of his love and who he is as a loving father there's something everything there, some reason he does there that we don't know or understand. everything he does there's love behind it whether it looks like it or not because he mm -hmm. is love and it's impossible for him to do or be evil it's and, impossible. And it goes back very And I don't understand that, but I believe it. Yeah. I choose yeah. to believe it because of what I've seen in my life. And when I, when I give him the darkness and the blackness, he gets me through it. That's where he's faithful. It's not that he's faithful to not let these things happen. He's faithful to get me through them to the other side, mm -hmm. which makes me love him even more, actually. Uh, well, it goes back to what you've always... We don't have all the answers, and we can't possibly understand them. And even asking the question why, no matter what the reason is, 
it would never be good enough for us. Mm-hmm. And we just ask that question essentially because we want to argue the answer. Right. Yep. So asking that question of how to get past this is the the, the right better asking question. Asking how. Yep. How are you going to get me through this? How are you going to show me that you are love in this pain that's unbearable? And other things that pile on top of it, some of these domino effects, things that happen that go beyond, that are a result of the death that we never thought would happen or we'd see. One thing that's very interesting about that scripture is with David and the loss of his his baby, once he was done with the mourning, his response and action after that, he didn't hold on to bitterness. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that when we look at Solomon, which is what started this whole thing. He continued to (laughs) praise and worship the Lord. The other thing I find it interesting, which I'm also going to talk about when I share about Solomon, which started this whole thing, just starting to study about the death of David and Bathsheba's baby, is that David said, what's the point? He'll never come back to me, but I will go to him someday. And having that perspective, it doesn't matter how angry we are, it doesn't matter how much it hurts, it doesn't matter how many tears we cry, our child is not going to come back to us, but someday we will go to them. Yeah, and he had confidence in that, mm-hmm. which would almost indicate that even though the the word used in that scripture was that the Lord struck the child, that David didn't believe it was God causing the problem. He definitely saw something else in play. Well, he I think he made the connection that it's because what I did it's because of what I did that this is the consequence that God has chosen and God will to make get a way. my attention and God will make a and way be for repentant us to be together again. Yeah, and it's not a permanent separation. So, I mean, it still keeps coming back to that I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. don't get it. And you don't do this podcast because you have all the answers. That's, that's not no, the point. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to turn on the microphone to say we don't have all the answers. And there are things that puzzle us about all of this still. But this journey, I'm I'm going to stay on this journey, and I'm going to stick with God. And I'm, it's better than the alternative for me. Mm-hmm. I, that the bitterness and the the anger and the hatred and the toxicity, physically, emotionally, spiritually, to me, it's not worth it. If I don't understand it, I choose not to be angry at God so long that He can't pull me out of this. And it's hard mm-hmm. because it is a push pull thing for a lot of parents. It's like I'm so angry mm-hmm. at him, but I know I need him. You know, and we all have different experiences and things too. And that's that's why I think when bereaved parents go to conferences or well, even support groups or even listen to this podcast, what we're doing is we're panning for gold. You know, when I necessarily agree with everything we hear, but we can we're panning for gold to find those nuggets that we know God has nuggets for us. What we need, the time we need it. Mm-hmm. So, I guess as I go to turn off this microphone, I don't know if this was helpful to anyone listening or not. Maybe just the fact that admitting that there are scriptures that we just don't get it, we don't know what to do with it, they don't make sense, it seems like they contradict each other, it seems like things in our life contradict what we know about God or what we thought we knew about God, and maybe that's the key. We thought we knew who God was. And we don't. And we never will. 
until we're face to face with him. And so we just keep moving forward a day at a time, a breath at a time, if that's where you are, and maybe just tell God, you know, if you are, I'm mad, I don't get it. Whatever the reason is, it doesn't matter really. If God did it, if it was a natural consequence of something, whatever, a result of chain reaction of being on this earth, in, in the long run, does it really matter? Because the bottom line is, this is not permanent. And our children got to go ahead of us. They got to go ahead of us. That's pretty incredible when you think about it. From their perspective, <laughs> it really was a promotion. And they got right. to go there first. Right. And when we go to join them... They got to jump the line. They got to jump the line. <laughs> So when we join them, I really do believe either everything will finally make sense or it just won't matter at that point because of the complete glory and perfection and love that we're in. So anyway, those are our thoughts. <laughs> Didn't really come up with any conclusions, and that's okay because... God is God and we're not. These things have been puzzling men for years. <laughs> Ever since the beginning of time. I'll bet Adam and Eve had some of these questions too. So <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening to our ramblings and discussions, and we'll talk to you next week. Well, that was an interesting talk that Dave and I had. I don't know how many questions it answered for you, but like we said, at least it lets you know that we struggle with some of these same things. We ask the Lord Sometimes he shows us things and sometimes we just continue to trust him when we don't understand. So let's go ahead and go to our birthday segment for this week. This week we have one birthday to celebrate and that is Kyle Maroney. And Kyle was born on March 20th and he is forever 23. I know there are many of us who have family and friends who don't understand why we still want to celebrate the birthday of our child who's no longer here, but at GPS Hope we get it, and we want to celebrate with you. So if you would like to have your child's birthday announced on the podcast, the week of their birthday, just go to gpshope.org birthdays. Fill out that form with the information, submit it, and I will add your son or daughter to our list and announce their birthday to our listeners when it's that week. So with that, I just want to say, remember, we live in the Hope Mobile. We travel across the nation. And to find out where we are, you can go to our website and look at our events page. And we would love to meet up with you. We love just having time together with other parents who have lost a child, if it's having coffee, going out to lunch or dinner, whatever works for you. But we love meeting you and spending time with you. I mean that sincerely. We also love to come to support groups and speak to them. Whatever group you have, get a group of people in your home. We've spoken in homes. So that's why we're in the Hope Mobile, because we want to go where you are. So just check our, our schedule, our events, if we're going to be anywhere near you. Just send us an email, office 
at gpshope.org. Even if you look at our event schedule and where we're traveling and we're not coming anywhere near you, send us an email anyway because Dave keeps track of where everyone is who contacts us, and we may be coming to your area next year or in a couple of years. And then everyone we have listed, we send them out an email and say, hey, we're coming your way, and we figure out how to meet up or get a gathering together or whatever God opens the door for. So go ahead and let us know where you are and we'll see if we can meet up. And with that, I just want to remind you, as I do every week, to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.